Hey legends, welcome along to Hellmouth Hotline, I'm your host Rodney Stewart and just before we get started, if you want to get in contact with the show, let me know your feelings and how I'm doing, uh, what I could do to make it better for you, or any suggestions on future episodes or shows or movies to check out and review you on the podcast, please get in contact via the email hellmouthhotline at gmail.com probably the best way to uh, get hold of me uh, with the, the podcast been all over the internet and different platforms it's very hard to get hold of any individual comments from time to time so that email is probably the best bet to get a hold of me or get a hold of the show this is Angel in this episode the spin off the Buffy we're getting into that there loving the show had a, a real soft spot for the show absolutely love it uh, this is season one, episode four, uh, a little episode called I Fall to Pieces. And it's one of these ones that, if you read the synopsis of it, you're kind of thinking, uh, yeah, doesn't sound that interesting, but it's actually very, very good, this episode. Um, this one here, Angel has to protect a young woman from a stalker. And not just any stalker, he has... Uh, a supernatural way of doing things, let's just say, and uh, very, very creepy indeed. There's a few. I said it before when it came to this series. The idea for this one was it wasn't just a spin-off from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The intention of this show was to go a little bit darker with it than what the Buffy show had been, and some of the source or the material that they use. The subject matter is very dark and this episode is a perfect example of this when uh, this stalker attacks a woman in her sleep in a very disturbing way but uh, basically right we'll get into the episode now um, it starts off with Cordelia and Doyle there talking about the the financial situation of Angel Investigations and that we need to get some money into this place. And uh, we're, you know, we're drinking week-old coffee at this point. And uh, Doyle is like, you know, I completely agree with you. You know, it's uh, Angel likes to be the, the knight in shine and armour, more or less, but he doesn't like it when it comes to the, the whole talk of getting paid sort of thing, he's in it for the, the mission, and the mission alone, and uh, Angel himself says it's something that he's not comfortable with, asking for money, and Cordelia's like, well, get over it. Um, Doyle then has one of his visions from the powers that be, and uh, he sees this woman called Melissa Burns at an office, uh, she is in trouble, is the feeling that he's getting from it. Uh, they're very vague, a lot of these visions, but uh, he gets where she works, her name, she's in trouble. Angel goes off to work, and uh, at the office, Angel, uh, Angel, at the office where Melissa's working at, uh, her and one of her co-workers are trying to get this birthday cake for uh, their supervisor Penny but uh, they, the company screwed up with the name on the cake it was 
Benji. They try to fix it by taking out, changing the letter from B to a P. But your woman's like, oh, you've only been here a few months and you already know four letters of my name. So it's Benji, she sees in, or Penji, she sees in the cake. Um, a bouquet turns up and uh, it's for Melissa. And the message is from someone called Ronald. Uh, it disturbs her so much that she disappears off to the bathroom and she, she takes some tranquilizers and then leaves the office to go home. But down in the parking garage, she's startled by a dark figure waiting near her car. And she seems relieved to see Angel, even though he's a complete stranger to her. And of course, he's awkwardly tells Melissa that he knows that she's in trouble. He wants to help her. Uh, she's not really reassured. She declines his services, but uh, he gives her his card anyway. And he's like, if you're in trouble, if you need help, call that number. Um, he then realizes that she was, when he gets back to the office, he's like, I scared her. Uh, but Doyle reassures him by saying that it's, Sounds like she was scared already. But uh, Angel's not convinced. But just before this happens, she's in an ATM, this girl Melissa. She's having trouble accessing her account. The, the PIN number's not working. And this guy, Ronald, approaches and informs her that he changed her PIN number on her bank account to the date that they first met. And, uh, yeah, he seems to be completely unaware of how arrogant he is and how inappropriate and you know he's just verging on delusion of them and what their relationship is and she's like you know we only had the one date and he's talking as if they're in a lasting relationship and he reveals that he knows that she took pills earlier in the the bathroom and this scares melissa enough that she calls angel investigations and during the meeting Melissa informs the team that this guy, Dr. Ronald Meltzer, is an acclaimed neurosurgeon who performs critical surgery on infected nerve behind her eye, and he has been stalking her for nearly seven months, ever since she allowed him to take her out, and only once, when he had the one date, uh, she felt obligated to thank him. And uh, she swears that you know, even though when he's not around, she can feel him watching her. Um, tells tells him that Meltzer knew that she had taken tranquilizers despite not being... There'd been no possible way that he could have seen her or been in the, the restroom in the office. Uh, he wasn't there. How did he know this sort of thing? Um, so, uh, where are we at? At night. At home that night, Melissa, she's getting ready for bed. She's getting undressed. And we cut to this guy, Ronald, and he's sitting in his own study. He's sitting in the drink. And he's, it looks like he's watching a framed photo of Melissa on the desk. And when we finally pan around and see his face, there's an empty socket where his right eye should be. And we cut back to Melissa's bedroom and a uh, disembodied eyeball is floating in the air behind her, following everything she's doing. Um... So, uh, we cut over to Angel again, and he goes to the police department to ask Kate Lockley for help. 
this friend that he has at the police department. Uh, he wants to find out if Melissa ever filed a complaint. And Kate tells him that a report was filed, but Meltzer's lawyers took strong measures to protect their client, even going so far to take out a restraining order against her. And then she's like, oh, God, the law firm is Wolfram and Hart. Have you ever heard of them? And he's like, I have. And she's like, the nasty crowd, more or less. But the, they turn out to be the... In every series, to cut back to Buffy the Vampire Slayer for a second, there was usually... And each season, there was an overarching story where there was a main villain, and that villain would be beat by the end of the season. And then there'd be a fresh villain introduced in the next season. Whereas here, in the Angel series, for the full five seasons, the big bad is this law firm, Wolfram and Hart. And that was, from the beginning of the series, series one right to the end of season five, they were fighting this law firm, more or less. It's more or less not just a law firm, it's something much darker indeed. But we'll get to that in due course in this podcast. Um... Unaware of his dark past, Kate also tries to give Angel some insight into a stalker victim's mindset. She believes that even when Melissa's physically free, fear will continue to haunt her unless she can get angry enough to start to fight back mentally and emotionally. Uh, Kate offers uh, to put a, a policeman on to watch Melissa's place for a night or two. Angel accepts the help. Uh, while Doyle at this point, he's playing bodyguard and is with Melissa at work. And in the meantime, Angel then heads over to Meltzer's office, breaks in, looking for leads, uh, one of the books on Meltzer's shelf, uh, disappears swiftly and smoothly into Angel's pocket uh, when his unauthorized presence is discovered. Angel plays in Meltzer's megalomania, pretending to have a beloved wife needing need emergency eye surgery from uh, a top-notch neurosurgeon. Price, of course, being no object whatsoever. I'll pay whatever you want to help my wife out. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Angel gives Meltzer his undercover name and phone number, then leaves. Uh, and in another part of the clinic, Cordelia, she's interviewing a colleague of Meltzer's who reports he has a well-deserved reputation for incredibly difficult work with severed nerves and near miraculous success in reattaching limbs. Uh, she goes on to tell Cordelia, however, that Meltzer never shares his techniques and finds with the medical community at large and he's a bit of a bit of a nasty piece of work too. Um, back at the office, Angel, he's searching for inf information about Vinpar not put in the offer of anything's possible. I hope I said that name properly because I hate that. That's probably one of my weakest points in these reviews is actually the pronouncing people's names. Um, I this guy he's the offer of anything's possible. This is a book that he stole from Meltzer's office. He then sends off an email requesting a meeting. Uh, the offer a doctor himself has been a recluse for years now, ever since meeting 
Meltzer and giving him this book. Um, yeah. So uh, Angel and Meltzer attended. Uh, the, sorry, the author, the author of the book, this guy is also a doctor, uh, during the meeting Angel has with him, tells Angel that Meltzer attended many retreats with famous yogis that were able to master a combination of psychological and physical techniques that made the, the neurosurgeon an expert in psychic surgery. Uh, that you know, and the reason that he's gone into not hiding but a recluse and quit teaching and everything is because you know everything that he was teaching at that point was based upon you know hearsay and what could happen and what might be possible and whatnot. But after meeting Meltzer, he gave up because he at that point he fully believed and whatever this man could do. Um, so, uh, that night, Melissa, she's in her apartment, she's in her bed sleeping, and uh, Meltzer's hands, just his hands, detached completely from his body, crawl across her apartment floor, and crawl under the covers of her bed, and start having, you know, doing nasty stuff, in the downstairs region. Um, as I say, Dark, dark stuff in this episode, and it's 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 fun tastefully. But whenever you're thinking of a stalker, and these people are just weirdos, the best of times. You get this supernatural character in this episode that can detach his hands and send them in to, you know, get under the covers and go for the private parts. It's, you know, it's it's nasty stuff. Um, she wakes up looks under the covers, sees what's happening, freaks out, the cop that's on patrol outside the the apartment. Uh, he runs in the rescue. Uh, another officer uh, on patrol spots this guy lurking in front of the building. That's Meltzer. He confronts him. And he's like, put your hands up. And of course, Meltzer puts, goes to put his hands up, but they're missing. They're in the, they're in the apartment attacking her at this point uh, the other officer runs in hearing the screams and he checks the room checks the bathroom, there's nobody there but at that the hands attack from behind and strangle the cop to death uh, Melissa runs outside only to be caught and held before she can reach the street um, she's relieved to discover that the angel has grabbed hold of her at this point and um, she begins to sob in reaction and neither her or Angel see that Meltzer is watching them in the background from the bushes. The police arrive in this, the, the police arrive with Kate. She comes over to ask Angel how you given the lack of evidence he thinks the stalker could have possibly been the, the person to do this. Uh, you know, so there's, there's that thing where this is all happening but how can we prove it sort of thing as far as law enforcement goes but of course this is all supernatural stuff and you know well beyond what she's expecting from the case um, so where are we at um, Doyle also shows up and he confesses to being deeply unnerved at the idea of stalker turned murder uh, with them being the only ones 
between them and his between him and his victim. So he starts to freak out. Then at this point, this guy's he's going to stop at nothing, and anybody is standing in his way, he's going to be coming after them. And he's like, "Oh crap, we're standing in his way." Um, Angel and Doyle take Melissa back to Angel's apartment. While Doyle starts the job of taping up every vent and doorway, Angel counsels a newly resolute Melissa over tea in the kitchen. Uh, Cordelia buttonholes Angel, and then as they take the elevator upstairs, tells him what she thinks of his plan to go after Meltzer alone as Angel searches the phone book for a place to get steel boxes and watch to keep various body parts separate. So that's the the idea to get rid of this guy. Uh, you know, of course he can detach limbs. You know, how are we gonna beat this guy if he can't be killed and you know he he can just rip an arm off and it's gonna stay alive more or less. But Angel's like, you know any body part if it goes long enough without oxygen it's gonna start deteriorating. So it's a matter of just cutting this guy up and putting them in separate boxes for a while. Again, nasty, nasty stuff. Um, yep. So uh, he's looking for boxes in the the phone book. Uh, Cordelia answers a call on the private line. It's from Meltzer. Uh, this is the line that Angel gave her on the phone number, fake name, and the the fake name is Mister Jensen. And he asks him, or, or he tells him, "I'll do the surgery. Bring a hundred thousand to." to his office for the wife's operation. Uh, Angel, completely unaware that the cover's been blown, shows up with a safety deposit box. No money in it. Of course, Meltzer already knows this. Um, having remained seated, Meltzer lifts a, a tranquilizer uh, dart, shoots Angel in the neck, and Meltzer explains that he developed the injector device while working with wild animals and that the dart carries a paralytic drug designed to stop the heart. Uh, picking up a scalpel, Meltzer stands as Angel convulses on the floor. And of course we all know at this point, uh, this stuff's actually probably having an effect that's making him convulse, but at the end of the day, he's a vampire. He's dead. His heart doesn't work. It's not going to kill him, because he's already dead. And if he's already dead, he can't be killed. And stop talking nonsense, Rodney, and just keep talking about the episode. Um... So we cut back to the the apartment, Angel Investigations and Cordelia and Doyle. They're looking after Melissa. She's now falling asleep in the bed and uh, they're finally able to relax for a bit. And thanks to Doyle's special mixture of whiskey and tea, uh, yeah, let's put her to sleep. Um, duct tapes all over Angel's place. Uh, when Meltzer arrives, he sends an eyeball to watch from upstairs as one hand sneaks and to open up the door for him once inside you know all the stuff that Doyle did putting tape over the vents it's not going to do much um you know the guy just the fingers just pressed through and the wee hand came in so uh all to no avail this guy manages to get in at the end of the day knocks Cordelia out throws her into a closet uh the the opening to the the sewers Doyle gets dragged down onto that. Um, Meltzer's left hand creates a diversion. Uh, where are we at? I just jumped over a hell of a lot of stuff. 
uh, yeah, so uh, Melissa at this point has woken up and she watches Meltzer as he waits for his left hand to crawl back over to him, climb up his leg and reach his wrist. Uh, no, sorry, that was outside the apartment. Like he, the hand walks over like Thing from the Adams family. And uh, was it Thing? Was the hand? Or was it? No, Cousin, that was the hairy thing. So Thing was the hand. So that the hand's walking across like Thing. And he just he reaches down with his handless arm and connects onto the hand. And, comes, and that just heals up on the spot. Um... This time, Melissa doesn't scream. Uh, Meltzer, he's angry, accusing her of leaving him for an L.A. pretty boy, meaning an angel. Uh, Melissa, Melissa tries to run, but Meltzer blocks her path. And she's tired at this point of dealing with his psychosis, and she begins to stand up to him. So this is the, the thing that Kate had referred to, and then she gets angry enough to fight him mentally. He's going to be, you know, even if we put him away now, he's going to be, he could kill her every night in her dreams for the rest of her life. So this is a turning point for her as a character in this episode. She's like, you know, he's the one who's afraid that he gave up in love a long time ago. And yeah, telling him she's through being afraid of him and that he can torture, he can even kill her. But it won't change the fact that he's a loser. Uh, yeah. So she's by you know saying all this stuff to him. His body starts rippling. It's like he's losing control of his power at this point. Just as that woman, Angel, shows up. And of course, again, the drug wasn't going to kill him. <clears throat> Controlling the shock, Meltzer spits his teeth at Angel. It's like just opens his mouth. Both rows of teeth shoot out, bite Angel in the wrist, and he slams him under the wall. And of course, Meltzer holds his face and an agony. So it's it's weird, weird stuff. Um, when Angel comes within reach, Meltzer attacks with a scalpel, but Angel twists, and the blade is embedded in his shoulder. Uh, Angel falls back, and Meltzer throws his hand at Angel's throat. Uh, Angel breaks its grip, flings the hand away, seeing it try to scuttle back over to its owner. Angel reaches up to his shoulder, yanks out the scalpel and pans the wriggling hand to the floor. Uh, we cut back to Meltzer and he's looking at Melissa and his ear falls off as he says, we, should, we could have been so happy together. At which point Angel pops up behind him and whack, knocks his head right off his shoulders. Um, next day at Angel Investigations, the team finishes discussing the fate of Meltzer's body parts, but buried in 12 steel boxes under concrete and a new skyscraper uh, in L.A. Uh, Melissa drops by the office to thank everyone uh, after she gives them a houseplant. The conversation quickly winds down until Cordelia... Cordelia's insistent signal, you know, coughing, <coughs> trying to get Angel to... Don't ask for money. Angel then he reluctantly brings up the matter of the bill, and Melissa's like, "That's the other reason they came," and uh, she gives him uh, a check for his services. Uh, 
she matter-of-factly takes an already prepared check from her purse. Again, I've already just said that. I need to read these notes a bit better. She hands it over and earnestly tells Angel that she hopes she never sees him again. And uh, Angel just kind of uh, agrees. So uh, the episode finishes out with him finally getting some money into the bank account. Cordelia and Doyle are excited to get down to the bank and you know, put it under their account. And let's go, Angel, let's do that. And he's like, well, you guys go ahead. I think I'll just stay here and not catching fire. So Doyle's like, yeah, you're pretty much the night's deposit guy, aren't you? And uh, Angel goes back to his his chair in the office, sits down to have a little moan to himself, a bit puffy, probably. This episode was... Again, I said at the very beginning here, you know, you could, you could read the what the episode's about and think to yourself, Ooh. No, I don't think this is going to be as a, one of these really exciting episodes. And in a lot of ways it's not, but the story that it tells is it's dark and it's a, it's an eye-opener to the possibilities of what can happen whenever somebody gets obsessed with somebody else. So it's... I don't think there's any episodes in this series that are episodes that you could miss out in a way. Even the standalone ones are very strong. I found, but then the the character of Angel really jumps out at me because it's just I like those characters that have not just like I like a hero with a a dark past. Uh, I find they're probably some of the better heroes in TV shows and movies. But a character that guess. It's a, a vampire with a soul that's just, it's, uh, it works, and it works well. Um, brilliant, brilliant series. So that's going to do it for this little review, guys. Hopefully I did a good enough job on it. I'm kind of tired at this point. It's very late at night. And it's, what time is it? I'm currently recording this. Almost two hours after it should have been published online, so I'm running behind in my schedule one more time, but I'm also off work at the minute with an injured leg, so I've got plenty of time to sit in front of the mic and record podcasts, so we're going to hopefully by the, the end of this weekend coming on this Wednesday night at this point, hopefully be, hopefully by the end of this weekend I'll get myself a couple of weeks ahead. But that's information that's not really relevant to you listening to this podcast now. So uh, I'll shut my face now and I'll leave and I'll wish you all the best. And uh, I look forward to you stopping by and checking out the show next episode. This has been a production of Coins Age Media. Thank you so much for listening.